Scott Jackson Show here, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King. Our pleasure right now to bring in once again to talk NASCAR with us. Davey Siegel, host and producer at Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, joins us via the Valley Who's guest line, fresh off of Daytona, now ready to dive into the Atlanta Super Speedway and good enough to give us some time. How are you doing today, Davey? Doing well, Scott. Thanks for having me back. Looking forward to chatting some racing with you. No doubt, no doubt. So last week, uh, obviously, you know, William... uh, Byron, the big story, the the Liberty alum wins the Daytona 500. And I was kind of blown away when you we were talking about this. You were telling me some backstory on him that he, he started as one of these guys that was basically a video game racer before being a, a real on-the-track racer. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. He's, he's kind of one in a million, right? There's, yeah. there's a program called iRacing, which iRacing enthusiasts would say that it's not a video game because it's kind of a realistic racing simulation, which... In fairness to them, it is, but at the end of the day, you still are playing a racing game on a computer to a certain extent. And he started out doing that. He was really good at it. He started moving up in the iRacing ranks. He upgraded his his simulation rig, as they call it. And when he got to a certain point where he was racing online and beating actual race car drivers, he asked his parents if he could try it for real in the real world. And they kind of laughed at him. And as he kind of explained in the new Netflix documentary series, Full Speed, he came up with this whole presentation, multiple pages long, as to why that his parents should buy or rent him a legend car, um, kind of a smaller car for kids that get started. To make a long story short, he turned out to be really, really good, really, really quickly. And here he is as not only um, a winner of five or six races last year, but now a Daytona 500 champion winning the sport's biggest race. So this is a story that we've been seeing coming for years. I mean, he's won an Xfinity Series championship. He should have won a Truck Series championship if it weren't for a mechanical uh, engine failure that did him in there. But he is one of the guys that is of the newer crop, the newer generation. But I'm sure that nobody really saw him coming from iRacing to become an actual Cup Series championship contender and Daytona 500 champion as well. It's a really remarkable story. No doubt. Uh, it is a, is a great story. Now, qu- question for you. Uh, did you expect the weekend that we saw from Hendrick Motorsports, uh, what they had? I mean, obviously, all four in the top 15. Was that was that anticipated going into it? Not necessarily to that extent. Um, I will say, you know, whenever you go to any racetrack, Hendrick Motorsports is going to be sure. among the teams to beat. So is Chevrolet as a manufacturer. But there was a lot of storylines you know regarding Hendrick Motorsports going into the weekend just because it's the 40th anniversary of the race team they hadn't won the Daytona 500 in 10 years Rick Hendrick really really wanted to win it and they had won the pole for the Daytona 500 for the last six or seven straight years but they hadn't been able to get the job done in the race they'd come close they'd finish second they'd finish inside the top five but they just were never able to get that victory so going in you know, clearly as cliche as it is, all four of the drivers are pretty hungry to get it done. And I was able to talk to Chase Elliott the morning of the 500, and he was just get, getting ready to go after sitting around doing nothing for basically two days waiting for the rain. So I would say that it was anticipated that all four of the cars would run as well as they did, but I'm not necessarily surprised that who won and the fact that they finished one, two either. I mean, again, Byron's first win came at Daytona on the oval during COVID, so there was nobody in victory lane, and the celebration was a bit subdued. I actually asked him about that after the race, and it was a much different victory lane celebration this time 
than it was last time. But to just finish a super speedway race, Scott, is an accomplishment in and of itself. And to have all your cars from the same organization do so and do so inside the top 15, that's a hell of a way to start the season. No doubt. Um, we're here with Davey Siegel, host, producer, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Joining us here, Scott Jackson, show prior to go to Sports Radio uh, here as uh, we comes to us via the Ballyhoo's guest line, Atlanta Motor Speedway this week. And before we get to that, just your thoughts overall on the race at Daytona. I know there was some criticism about the first and second stages, the gas uh, being conserved and those kind of things uh, for strategy. What, what did you think overall about the race itself? It was kind of weird. It, it really was because it's something that I hadn't seen before. A lot of the drivers haven't experienced before, and a lot of the fans hadn't really seen either. Now, on TV, you could tell that everybody was kind of saving fuel just so they could get to the end of the stage so that they could spend as least amount of time on pit road as possible because the way that the current super speedway package is constructed is that track position is really important. So if you spend the least amount of time on pit road, that means you take the least amount of gas that you need, you get out in front of the other cars, and you have that track position in front of them. So in the first couple of stages, you know, TV was showing telemetry of the drivers. They were going half throttle or even sometimes a quarter throttle, just 25% instead of 100 like you usually are in a pack. And they were still going 175, 180. But when you're in a pack of cars like that in the draft, you should be able to be flying past cars that are by themselves that have lost the draft. But I remember A.J. Allmendinger had lost the draft. He had a penalty, and he was by himself going full throttle, not saving fuel. And he was actually turning faster lap times than cars in the pack, which is insanely wild, rare, and unheard of. So in person, I don't know if the fan with the naked eye could necessarily see or tell the fact that these guys weren't going 100%, literally. But it did make for some interesting strategy from the crew chief's perspective, from the driver's perspective. And even Denny Hamlin, somebody who's won this race three times, he hated it. I mean, he was on the radio to his crew chief and his team basically saying, what are we doing? Like, I, I want to race. I don't want to <laughs> ride here. I don't want to save fuel. I want to go. I want to yeah. show what I can do. But if you go and show what you can do and you burn more fuel than everybody, then you're going to get bit on the backside. So when it came down to it, everybody was getting all they could, and that's when you saw a couple crashes, the big one, and obviously Byron and Bowman coming out and finishing one, too. So when the go time came, everybody did indeed go, and they went hard. But to get there, the first 480 miles or so, they were just kind of weird, some stuff that we hadn't seen before. We're here with Davey Siegel, host producer at Series 6 of NASCAR Radio at Davey Center on the X, if you want to give him a follow there for all your NASCAR news. All right, going back to Byron, what, what are his chances this week? How, how does this uh, track at Atlanta Motor Speedway set up for him in this race? Pretty well, uh, considering since the reconfiguration and repave of Atlanta Motor Speedway, going from a traditional mile-and-a-half intermediate-style track to still a mile-and-a-half, but bigger banking, so now it's a super speedway, mile-and-a-half hybrid type of track. He's the only driver to win multiple times on this uh, configuration. Now, granted, last year his win was a range-shortened win, but a win is a win, no matter how you'll take him. So he, he obviously feels really good about his chances at this track, and why wouldn't he, coming off of a super speedway win that he just had. Plus, his teammates, Hendrick Motorsports, they're pretty solid, too. So I do think that he's got a really good shot at repeating his Daytona success at Atlanta this weekend. 
All right, Davey Siegel's with us. We're talking NASCAR. Again, a big race this weekend in Atlanta. All right, uh, who else do you do you look at this week? Who should we have our eyes on as to who might be able to break through and get uh, the second race uh, with a W under their belts? I'm going to look at uh, Brad Keselowski, driver of the six for RFK Racing. He's come really close to races since he's been a driver owner with RFK. And I think that if he can just do what he needs to to stay up front, stay out of the mess, He's going to be one to watch at Atlanta. Finished second here to Joey Logano in this race one year ago. Finished second to his teammate Chris Bush at Daytona last year in the summer race at Daytona. And I think that this may be the week. I think he's on a 99-race winless streak, which for a former champion is pretty unheard of. Sure. So my eyes are going to be on the six car. And I'll even look at uh, a bit of an underdog, but he may not be on this weekend, Corey LaJoy. He finished fourth at Daytona last weekend. He's finished inside the top five a handful of times at this racetrack since it's been reconfigured. So he and Spire Motorsports may be able to punch above their weight a little bit and uh, maybe score an upset win. All right, Davey Siegel's with us at Davey Center on the X, talking uh, NASCAR here with us. Scott Jackson, Chair Priority Autosports Radio 94.1 via the Valley Who's guest line. All right, we, we went back uh, to what was going on at Daytona. Now, this week, will we see more racing and less fuel uh, concerns, or, or do you think we might see a little bit more of the same strategy? Yeah, good question. I'm not really sure, but the crew chiefs, who are the ones that, you know, determine whether that happens or not, they seem to think that they'll be fine and there won't be as many fuel conservation happening or fuel concerns that are ongoing during the race. But Chris Gabehart, who's Denny Hamill's crew chief, he said it pretty well. You can't unlearn what you now know. And these drivers, these teams, these crew chiefs, they're very, very smart. And if there's any advantage to gain, whether it's a tenth of a second hundredth of a second or a thousandth of a second they're going to do it so if they determine at some point during the race that saving a little bit of fuel to take a little bit less on their pit stop is going to be the difference between them coming out in third on the pit stop and second they might do that to try to gain a bit of an advantage but the prevailing sentiment is that no fuel savings not really going to come into play this weekend but over the course of 400 miles depending on where the cautions fall how often they fall and where you are track position wise those things may change. Analytics are ruining every sport, Davey. I can feel it in NASCAR, too. Is this, is, oh, am yeah. I right? Oh, yeah. We, we've crossed <laughs> that bridge many times. <laughs> Come on, analytics guys. Let us play sports. Well, here's the good news. It's going to be beautiful in Atlanta, right? I mean, you're like talking 60s and sunny. I mean, that track should be ready to roll. Yeah, and that was a big topic, too, uh, being that Atlanta is now the second race of the season, the earliest that it's basically been run on a Cup Series schedule in years. And people were worried about rain and uh, being cold and the track not taking as much grip because of the temperatures. But knock on wood, it looks pretty solid there this weekend. And after standing out and sitting out in 48 straight hours of rain at Daytona, I, uh, I welcome a dry weekend in the Peach State, that's for sure. All right, but you won't be dry in the stands. All right, uh, Davey Siegel at Davey Center, our uh, NASCAR insider, host, and producer, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, buddy. Thanks for your time. Have a great weekend and enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week. Looking forward to it, my friend. Thank you. All right, Davey Siegel, be the Valley Who's guest line here. Scott Jackson, Chip Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. All right, welcome back here on the uh, program. Uh, thanks to uh, Davey Siegel, give us some NASCAR insights. Our guy Rich Jr. from Norfolk says uh, he likes uh, Willie B. Will either win in Atlanta or finish second in the 24 car. Mind you, Jeff Gordon's old car. Yes, it is uh, the Rainbow Warriors old car. Uh, Chase Elliott, number nine, will uh, win and be a heavy favorite. Uh, your thoughts? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a dartboard. I, I, no, no. 
That's why I brought Davey on. He's an expert at this. I am not. So he said Kozlowski. Yeah, Brad Kozlowski. Kozlowski. Yeah, I, it was so shocking to me that he hasn't won in 99 races because he's wild. usually pretty consistent. But you can never count on guys like Kyle Busch either. You know, that he's always kind of in the conversation on, on tracks like this. So I, I wouldn't count out. Uh, I couldn't, wouldn't count out Kyle Busch. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, I'm just happy. Number one, there's going to be no rain delays barring anything really goofy, right? Like it's not going to kick into Monday. That's true. And, uh, you know, this, this thing with, and I was, and I was kind of joking, but I'm kind of serious. And I had somebody text me about this before the question even got on the air, um, is the fact that, uh, you've got this goofy, you know, the analytics world is in the pits now and yeah. in, the, in the crew chiefs. Mm-hmm. Right. And I get it. It's strategy and everything, but I, like they're saying, like these drivers don't love it. They they just want to race. There, you know? There's always been a little bit of analytics in NASCAR. We're trying to find out how far you can go on a tank yeah, of like fuel. How much, yeah, and, oh, absolutely. And tire, tire right. pressures and things. I mean, that's but part of that's more so engineering than analytics, I guess. But but you're right. It's just why why it was. And I was trying to figure out because you know we're trying to watch the race while we're sure. doing the show here, and yeah, you can't hard. have the sound on. And we're yeah. like, what? Why is there? virtually no passing going on there's just it's very passive it's like just waiting kind of race yeah like let's just shorten the races to 50 laps in if we're just gonna do this and like be wide open but yeah i mean i, I hope it's not a trend uh, on the in the on the super speedways because that's not fun yeah well and that's kind of what you get in super speedway racing sometimes too is, is are these sleepy races because you know you're trying to keep the draft you're trying to basically pull away from the rest of the pack and have these like 10 car packs that try to pull away and then you don't have to worry yeah. about the rest of the field and if, and if there's a wreck there's a wreck and now the repaving of the surface in atlanta could make for interesting an interesting time on Sunday because usually when these track surfaces get repaved, you could see some more wrecks because of that because you're getting used to a new surface. I'll be uh, interested to see how that works out. Very, very valid point. All right, so again, thanks to uh, Davey Siegel. And and again, if I don't say this enough, shame on me, and I probably don't. Uh, If you miss anything from the show, go to our – because I was just trying to walk somebody through this on the text line – Go to the, the the app or the website, which is you know the old school website. If you like to do that, um, you know ESPN Radio ninety four one. But our app's really helpful too. And if you go to the bottom of the first page, it's where the podcasts are. You hit it. You have on demand material from this show. So if you missed a segment, if you missed the NASCAR segment, if you missed uh, uh, Brad Biggs or, or David Teal, who was amazing at three thirty five, you can go back and listen to all that kind of stuff. So I mean, I understand that people have lives and jobs and don't get to listen for the full four hours because I'm here for full the four full hours. And I don't hear the whole show either. I don't even remember. <laughs> I black out a lot of times, like in the middle of the show, and I don't even know what I was saying. He's not lying. And it's embarrassing because I got to go back and, you know, re- you know, re-listen to what I I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. Anyway, so uh, yeah, feel free to do that. And again, our um, all of our all of our wonderful um, socials are brought to you by uh, Dominion Floor Covering. So just so you know. So yesterday. And the hoopla of being on the road, I wanted to do this yesterday. I don't know. We got so into the college sports stuff with the college football playoff expansion. I think it was also the um, uh, <laughs> the, the story about the big dom with the Eagles. Yeah, that that, was that just, went on a lot longer yeah, than I expected That was it to. off the rails. Yeah. That kind of got me off, off track a little bit, so I apologize for that. But anyway, the big dom story, if you missed it yesterday, is apparently 
He's like a service pet for Nick Sirianni. Anyway, go back. Again, this is another thing you got to go back and listen to. I'm not redoing it uh, just in case uh, it, it just sounds too weird. But anyway, so yesterday was the 44th anniversary of Miracle on Ice. I like to bring these things up, number one, to make myself feel very old. Uh, number two, to, to kind of remember or try to remember what I think I remember, and usually it's wrong. But I do remember Miracle on Ice pretty well because, number one, a lot of times it's misrepresented as a gold medal game, which it was not. It was not. It was to get to the gold medal game. And also my other thing that I like to tell people, and this makes me feel older than dirt, and the younger people laugh at this, the game was not live on television, okay? Also true. So in Washington, D.C., and some of you will appreciate this who are from that area will understand this, uh, the ABC affiliate, WJLA, still the ABC affiliate, Channel 7, there was, and, and this is not a an attack on this particular person but the name it is synonymous with this game in dc renee poussant she was the sport she was a excuse me the the news anchor sports guy comes on back in those days when they did these olympic things these tape delays and say hey if you don't want to know the result you know turn the, the sound down and they actually gave you time because you didn't have <laughs> this makes you sound very old a remote control you gotta get up people you actually had to get up or they would say, hey, close your eyes, cover your TV screen, because we're going to put up on like a, a chalkboard or a whiteboard, I don't remember which it was, uh, the score of the game. So if you don't want to know, and they couldn't show highlights or anything, you know, this is embargo laws and all this stuff. Anyway, much like there is now, actually, there's still this embargo stuff right, on certain fights right. and Olympics or what have you. So anyway, before the sports guy could even get to that whole disclaimer stuff, she blurts out, oh my God, the United States beat the Soviets. You know, it's like out loud, like four to three. And like, and, and everybody's like, ooh, that's a no-no. You know, knew it right away Ouch. as it left her mouth. And she, you know, kind of got screwed. For, like, it's not like you weren't going to watch the game anyway. You know what I mean? But right. it, it was one of those weird things and times people like actually didn't want to know stuff ahead of time. I don't, I guess we had micro, no, we didn't have microwaves in the eight, like at 80, did we? I don't think the market in eighty. Yeah, I don't do you think, think there was a microwave in eighty. I don't think we did in eighty because I don't think we we're the microwave society that had to know everything. Like I, I can, pl- I don't ever play this game. Like oh, I don't want to know what's going on if I'm not watching the game. I'll like look at the score and I'll still go back and watch it. But there are people. There were people that definitely didn't want to know these things and they try to keep themselves in the dark. And this was one of those times when people were doing that. But anyway, in D.C. that happened. It was so funny. And she was on TV forever up there, and she never lived that down. It's always brought up about Renee Poussaint. But anyway, that was an amazing. And again, of course, it's Al Michaels. Do you believe in miracles? And what I don't believe about the do you believe in miracles and the Al Michaels part of it is apparently that was only his second hockey game. How is that even possible? He ever called at that point. That's crazy. Because, you know, it was the Olympics and he was ABC. It It was a great call. Now, I don't know, maybe some hardcore hockey fan will say, yeah, shut up, you know, the guys in Canada are bad. Well, who cares? But that was awesome. And then, of course, they went on to win the gold, uh, you know, and it's still the greatest run ever in Olympics, you know, Olympic lore forever, right? It lives on forever. No question. So, but I, it is one of those sports, and yeah, I was nine. No, I wasn't even nine yet. I was eight still. I don't remember, you know, that's how long ago it was, but you still remember it. Uh, we were talking about one of these other sports memories a few weeks ago, like when Mike Tyson got knocked out by Buster Douglas. I was in college at ODU, and I totally remember the apartment complex where we were at to watch the guys fight because he had HBO, um, and it was it was over there behind that sit-go that I guess is still a sit-go over there in those apartments. Those apartments are still there. It was near what used to be the um, the Dunkin' Donuts, but now I guess it's like the hair of the dog, and there's some other place on the other side of it. You know, I know exactly like, what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, right you know, on 49th Street there. Yep. Anyway, this guy, there's his apartments that are over there. 
There was also a guy that sold fake IDs out of one of those places at nice. some point. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's all right. The cops caught him. It's it's all in the news. But anyway, so didn't catch you? Didn't no. Nah, I did. I didn't need one. I had an older brother. I had an older brother. Oh, I, look at you! Yeah, with the same big old ugly nose. Wow. So anyway, not that we ever did anything like that back in those days. I'm sure you did. Never. Upstanding anyway, citizen. No question. So all that being said. That was another one, like the the Tyson Buster Douglas thing. I remember, like the Doug Flutie Hail Mary to beat Miami is one of those other just wacky ones that just run rushes to my mind. You know, Michael Jordan, the last shot. Well, wasn't really his last shot. No, we thought it was at the time. The push off on uh, Byron Russell or Brian Russell. I always forget that. Is it Byron Russell or Brian? I think Russell? it was. Byron. I think he played for the Wizards and actually covered the team, and I couldn't still couldn't tell you. This, well, he probably stunk by then. Anyway. Yeah, he was okay. Um, he was a nice guy, Brian Russell. Yeah, and it was weird because I think Jordan purposely signed him just so he could be like messing with him. Like, hey, Brian, <laughs> remember when I pushed off of you? Anyway, it was Brian Russell. Anyway, so those are like ones that jump out, but I'm sure people have a million other ones, and I could, you know, obviously Riggins touchdown run, oh, yeah. Super Bowl seventeen. Yeah. Doug Williams, second quarter, Super Bowl twenty two. Sorry there, Greg and Gloucester. The Michael Jordan shot over Craig Elo. Yeah, that was another one. That was another uh, great one as well. Um, 757-687-9494. But in the spirit of Miracle on Ice, um, sports moments, you always remember where you were. I got another one too, and I was at the oceanfront as a college kid when uh, Christian Leitner beat Kentucky. And we were with one of my good friends oh, from wow. college at ODU who was a uh, Kentucky fan. And we literally lost him for like a couple hours. Like he disappeared. He was so upset. I can't blame him. <laughs> Cannot blame him. And we had to take this bus back to campus. It was like a bar thing that we got a bar crawl or something. And I, eventually he made it to the bus, but he was despondent. I mean, it was crazy. Wow. That was an awesome game. Uh, 757-687-9494. Sports moments. Hit us up the Ballyhoo's phone line or the uh, text line. 757-687-9494. The moments you will never forget a la Miracle on Ice. And I know if you're younger than that, you're laughing at us old people right now. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Brought to you by Larry King Law. James Witham, Scott, your sports center. All right, welcome back uh, on the show. I mean, you know, you ask a question sometimes, and you know, you know, have you ever, you have ever anybody you know or in your family or in our case in our on our office that always has the answer for you, or at least cares to find it for you when you just check out and say something. You don't worry about it. Richie Somerville tells me commercial microwaves were available in the late '40s, but available uh, countertops didn't come the popular until the late '70s. Not in the Jackson household in 1980. I think we had a toaster oven and. Um, we had, the, obviously, toasters, but yeah. We had a microwave in the Witham house, household, I believe it was sometime in the late 80s, and that thing yeah. was a gigantic monstrosity. The uh, the microwave in this building looks like it might have come from the late 80s, I quite think it, I think it has, yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, Andy uh, asked the question, he goes, how many wins in top fives, top tens, and stage wins do you think Lane Riggs will get in the NASCAR Truck Series this season? Here's the better question, Andy. How many NASCAR Truck Series events do you think I'll even know about this year? I'm going to say zero. If I say, I no if I say zero as an answer to that question, <laughs> and it happens does that make me look smart at least i don't know i have no idea uh, i do know right. that um you're gonna probably have a better guess than me at this point at this point <laughs> that's um, likely breeze the 757 says hashtag ricky bobby the sticker is dangerous and inconvenient but i do love fig newtons all right <laughs> man okay. i'll tell you what i, I breeze I, I, I gotta think um it's early you know breeze breeze might have got out of work early today i'm just gonna leave it at that could maybe. be maybe um Rich in Norfolk, I'll watch NASCAR when there's no NFL, no other sport. Uh, we'll watch the Olympics, LOL. Uh, there you go. Um, Jordan in Virginia Beach says, can you believe that 
Boise State versus Liberty um, you know, versus Oklahoma. Yeah, the, oh, Statue, the Boise of State, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Statue of Liberty play, yes. Uh, that was a bowl game, right? That was an incredible bowl game. Wasn't uh, that Kellen Moore at quarterback? Too? Yes, that is a Kellen Moore moment. That is a Kellen Moore moment. That's a very good game. There was it also the game after then some kid proposed to a girl in the field. I mean, yes. it was like the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that was it, a Boise. Yeah, it was yeah. everything happened. That was yeah. like when Boise was the it team, right? Like they became the real it team at that point. Uh, Gary and our Celtic Gary says, Scott, I've got so many parking tickets to those apartments when I was dating my ex who went to ODU. Parking spaces are brutal. Yeah, you know what? Um, I don't know if I should say this over the air, but maybe it, it, it might be inaccurate. So I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> but, but but now I really can't because I've See, kind of now I want you to no, say no I can't I just know that the, the parking like it's uh, colleges love to give tickets right like college campuses oh there no question I do understand there's one part of campus that they're not as good at it anymore because maybe of staffing issues okay okay it's an area of the campus where I would have to go somewhat frequently although now I have parking you know I've got the big baller parking thing so i'm okay but anyway see, see that's why when you were a student you had to you, you got oh, your parking pass yeah. right you found a spot yep. sometimes in the you know small lot in bal yeah. then you could walk across the street to those apartments which i also did many yeah. times so my um my, when my son went on the tour there a couple of years ago um to odu they they said they like basically they're like telling freshmen don't bring your car like don't bring your car oh we don't yeah want you to. oh There's yeah no, parking no, 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 no. but i'm pretty sure when we were freshmen when i was freshmen there was a bunch of my friends especially the guys from like new york new jersey they all had cars i did down at school yeah so. i did and you were local yep you were local commuted well yeah well the commuters i mean as you know back when we were in school so many 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 more commuters than there are right now much more housing on campus these days. Oh, a heck of a lot more. Robert and Gloucester says greatest sports moment was when Dale Earnhardt won the Daytona 500. Yeah, that's a good one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took him a while, remember? I mean, he it took him a long everything time. Everything yeah. else on the resume prior to that, which is wild. Uh, 757 says Auburn versus Alabama, the kick six. Yeah, that's a good one. The kick six is a great one. And, you know, that's why you always have the guy back. Like that uh-huh. is the total thing. That's why you have to have the guy back, even with these kickers nowadays that have these outrageously long legs. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. I got the immaculate reception. I got ODU beating DePaul. Billy Mann, yes. Shout out Billy Mann, my partner. All right, let's get to Scott in Virginia Beach. He's got a few. What's happening, Scott? Hey, uh, guys. Good to hear you on the radio tonight. Hey, thank you. Uh, two of them, real quick. Redskins, uh, Doug Williams. Second quarter against Denver. Yes. Uh, five touchdowns in that, that was, quarter. Yes, it was. Uh, and then, of course, the other one is Buster Douglas taking care of uh, Tyson. That no was doubt. amazing. I still could. I mean, again, I remember going out after that, and we were like, did that really just happen? Like, it was so unbelievable. Oh, People yeah. don't know because now they think Mike Tyson's just the funny guy in the Hangover series. But, like, he was such a feared, like, people would lose in the, like, going to, coming out of their corner to him. I mean, guys' knees would buckle. Uh-huh. You know, he'd knock people out so quickly in that era. And the fact that you could even get to the second round would be a big deal. Yeah. But for that guy to take it as late and then to knock him down, and even when he got knocked down, I was still in disbelief that he was going to actually lose that night. And, of course, he did. Uh, it was wild. Absolutely wild. Good ones. Thank you. You got it. Appreciate it, Scott. Uh, 757-687-9494. Uh, John in Hampton. I knew somebody would get this. Uh, I was working for the local band 
Um, he says, oh, no, sorry. I was 16 in 1980, uh, living on Long Island of the ABC affiliate. WABC broke into a soap opera coverage in the afternoon to announce the final score of the USA-Russia hockey game. That's awesome. Well, see, that's and that you, that's Danger Zone right there because yeah. the soap opera folks. That's serious Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. The stories. What would that have been? All My Children or would that have been General Hospital? I think that would have been General Hospital. And back then in the 80s, that was the Luke and Laura era. Yeah, that was, that pretty was, that was huge. serious stuff, man. Uh-huh. You didn't screw with Luke and Laura. Uh, so John in Hampton says, in 1985, I was working for a local band, Seal of Souls. We're doing music, a music video for one of our songs. Look at him. What a flex. This is crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in this. I need a copy of this video, by the way. You can send it right here on the text line. He says, I was at, uh, we're doing our old songs in an old bar, Virginia Beach, uh, The Machine on Holland Road, and it's being done the same night ODU men's basketball upsets Villanova in overtime in the NCAA tournament. I remember the band's lead singer uh, saying now that the game is over. We can start filming the music video. That's awesome. Because, <laughs> yeah. again, it was triple overtime. Uh, the Petey Sessoms game. Yeah, and the Mike Jones mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it was, that was a lot of fun. So I was in uh, I was in Ocean View. I was supposed to go out that night because that was, I believe, also uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. It might have even been St. Patrick's Day. I'm not oh, a thousand percent question. sure. But I did not want to leave the house, obviously. No. Because the game was in triple frickin' overtime uh, to to find out until we found out the end of the result of the game. So, yes, that is a really uh, solid one as well. But, yeah, it was an ocean view. would not leave the apartment. It was on St. Patrick's Day. I was correct. 95. Hey, Thank you very much. That. And it was a amazing game. Because every time you thought they didn't have another big shot in them, they had another big shot in them. It was That was a fun game. And I went back and tried to watch it on the YouTubes a few years ago. And, um, man, VHS tapes stink. I mean, they yeah, really they do. don't do yeah. anything justice. You know what I mean? But that's uh, good flex there. We need to see the music video, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. If that's not on YouTube, shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> we need a copy of the music video. All right. And your hair's your hair back then must have been great. Uh, that's awesome. All right. 757-687-9494. Talking about great sports, memorable sports moments, I should stay. Ones that you'll never forget where you were, what you were doing, those kind of things. Important stuff in life. Rob in the 757. Greatest moment is when I ran a sub 130 and a half marathon last year. I was drunk after for four days. What? Wow. <laughs> There's no way that's real. I can't imagine. No, that's not real. Oh, half marathon. Okay, okay. Half marathon. Okay, okay. I was going to say, what were you on before? I mean, first of all, you would be bionic. No, if that <laughs> yes, was a full marathon. Absolutely. Yeah, half marathon. Are you serious? I mean, that's still cooking, right? I don't know. I'm those pre- so that's like a 12-mile race, right? Is that what that is? Were you on a hoverboard or were you really running? I mean, I, I need to know. The, half the- marathon would be 13 point- Is it 13? Yeah. I think yes. it's 13.1. So he's like on a hoverboard or was he really running it? That's wild. Um, by the way, Robert Gloucester says, yeah, 20 years for Dale Earnhardt to get that 500 win. Wild. That's, that is crazy. Colin Smithfield, that Fiesta Bowl. Yes, Kellen Moore versus uh, Jared Zabransky uh, was the quarterback for Boise at the time. Okay. Was not Kellen Moore. Oh, it was Jared Zabransky. Okay. Oh, my, my bad. That's good. Okay, good. Thank you for that poll. But there was a proposal in the field, wasn't there? That, that, that did happen. All right, 757 says Michigan losing to Ohio State on the punt fumble. Ugh. Do you remember that? Unfortunately. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Richie didn't send that in. Uh, 757, App State beats Michigan. Yeah, that was a big deal. The call by the play-by-play guy, and I think he's still the guy who does football for them, was amazing, too, for uh, App State. 
Because remember, to that point, like we've had a million basketball upsets, but you did not have college football upsets of that magnitude. Not, not like that, no. Yeah, there were not a lot of those. Uh, 804 says the 72 gold medal basketball team, USA versus Soviet. So you're, you know, you're a little bit, uh, you got a little bit more experience on us. I watched the thing. Have you ever watched it? Um, is it Three Seconds to Gold is the name of the documentary? And, you know, that team didn't take the medals, you know, because they got robbed, um, that 72 team. And um, that was, yes, Three Seconds from Gold is what it's called. And Doug Collins, the former NBA coach, player, you know, all that stuff, he was the coach of the Wizards when I was covering the Wizards my early in my career with the Wizards. Um I remember talking to him about the game, and he, you know, they never got the medal. I remember when when the Redeem team won the medal, and Doug's kid, you know, was on the staff of Shashevsky, Chris Collins, and the, all the players put went over and put their medals on Doug, yeah. the golds. That was really cool. But, that is cool. But Doug did this documentary, and I do remember um, watching, and it. it was incredible. I mean, he, you know, because he had hit what should have been the winning free throws, like the icing free throws of the basketball game, and then for that, um, you know, to be just. Taken away was ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, this, oh no, there's more time. It's like one of these, like you couldn't make up like a, a faker thing, right? Like, no, there's no way somebody just did that. Nobody was allowed to do that. No, no, one more chance. No, there's more, put more time on the clock. Let's try it again. Let's do, we're doing a do over, like whatever the referees were doing, whoever had gotten to the referees. I mean, that's why when you say people are suspicious of international sports, like mm-hmm. this game, you just put this on in front of them and explain to them how it happened and you watch it over and over again until we're going to continue to replay this moment until we get the outcome we want, <laughs> which is the Soviets beating the Americans to the yeah. buzzer. It was wild, but yeah, that's one of those ones you wish you couldn't remember. That's that's a great share. Uh, Breeze in 757 um, said the uh, 21-31 Cal Ripken Jr. homers and runs around the field when he yeah, broke Lou Gehrig's record. I uh, guess my arms were too short to reach, but high fives, my brothers and my pops. I was there. Wow. I was there for Look the three days. Look at that flex by you. And I was there from working with this radio, well, WGH 1310. Uh, me and Methurst went up there to Baltimore. and We were there for the whole week. It was oh, an wow. awesome production. That was amazing. Orioles did a great job. And he homered in every one of the games Cal did. It's something that was incredible, man. They had that was so much fun. All right, keep them coming. I got a lot of good ones on the text line. I'll get to if you want to hit us on the Valley Who's phone line, that works as well. 757 687 9494. 757 687 9494. Scott Jackson Show, memories, sports memories you'll never forget on the other side here. Priority of Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, welcome back. It is uh, the Friday edition of the program. A um, lot of good stuff we've been talking about. So yesterday was the 45 fourth anniversary of Miracle on Ice. So, you know, the sports moments, you'll never forget where you were. Um, we're getting a lot of good ones here via the text line, 757-687-9494. By the way, Richie, being the Michigan man that he is, said it was actually not Ohio State. It was Michigan State, the punt fumble, but it doesn't make him feel any better. <laughs> no. Uh, it actually makes him, it could make you feel worse in some ways. Um, yesterday, or today rather, is the 39th anniversary, Richie tells me, of Bobby Knight throwing the chair. Across the court. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's an all-time moment, too. Uh, Zach in Newport News says, have a Tiger Woods chip in at 16 of the Masters and Vince Young against USC. Yes. USC fans will not like to Yeah, no, that. they won't, but that was a great college football game. Like, I, I, w- I had, like, no, no, no rooting interest. No, neither did I. Nothing on the line, if you will. And it, that was just, like, one of the college football games. 
Remember that station they used to call ESPN Classic? Yep, I they do. used to replay that a they lot. They did a lot. And it was a great game. Like anytime you just stop and then you remember, oh yeah, he was in the game. He was in the game. It was just, uh, it was a, that's a fun game. Uh, John of Virginia Beach says, 19, October 2nd, 1978, Bucky Dent home run. I was a junior in high school in Long Island watching at a friend's house with 10 guys after school. That's a good one. Obviously, you're a Red Sox fan or a Yankees fan or not a Red Sox fan, I should say. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, oh, here's a good one. 757 says, The Rocket, 1991, Notre Dame against Colorado. Oh, yeah. 91-yard touchdown that would have won the game and said, nope. Uh, they, there's a flag on the play. Yep. Clipping, uh, sealing the defeat for the Irish Colorado Crazy. wins. Yes. That was a good one. And wasn't that, was that uh, Georgia tech shares the title that year too? Was it the same? Is, am I thinking the same year? Oh, am I, I mistaken? Know. Oh, Richie will text us. Yeah. Um, somebody also says, uh, from the seven, five, seven OJ. <laughs> and I'm, I'm guessing he's not talking about the 2000 yard season. Yeah. I'm guessing that's not necessarily a sports moment. <laughs> yeah. That was uh that was a sports moment because the slow speed chase, as you may during remember, the NBA finals, was during yeah. the NBA finals, which was actually way more interesting than the boring Knicks and uh, the, uh, the Houston Rockets. All right. Time. You got a point there. Yeah. Ooh, this is one. This is personal for the nine one five. This is my Falcon Super Bowl choke. Yes. Well, yeah, we all were talking about that this last couple of weeks. Of course, I'm going to get to see that a lot now because uh, I have our head coach is now part of that uh, history as well. That's true. This is going Stephen Williamsburg finally beating Pittsburgh. God, I hate them. Uh, <laughs> 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 it is a picture of uh, yeah, Kuzi. Oh boy, poor Kuzi. Somebody hasn't got. Somebody didn't handle that season well, right? Uh, you know, doing the Kuzi doing the bird uh, as he goes around here. Yeah, no doubt that was good. So I was at the game five that year. Caps win it, beat Pittsburgh, uh, and then, of course, went up and won in Pittsburgh at the game you're showing me. And I was at the game five that year, and the Caps beat Pittsburgh. I just remember leaving my section after the game with one of my good friends uh, from, like, elementary school. No, like, we, we went together to the game, and we're long-suffering Caps fans. And he finally felt like, okay, this actually might happen. They still had to win another game, obviously. They still had to get to the Eastern, go through the Eastern Conference. But just slaying the Pittsburgh Dragon was such a big deal. And I felt it. And I actually saw the finals that year in the Bahamas in in a sports book on a uh, wow. Washington Redskins trip. I was on one of these Redskin trip things. Wow. It was, uh, and we watched the Bahamas in a sports book with a bunch of DC people, which was so weird, random thing, right? Like, it's like, okay, is this really happening? Number one, the Caps are actually in the Stanley Cup finals. Number two, they're clinching it. And I'm in the Bahamas watching, but it was, it was wild, man. No, that, no doubt. And since then, obviously, nothing but back to being the Caps. <laughs> <laughs> but great memory, great season. But man, oh man, talk about a Cubs-like, yeah, as you said, it's being like a Cubs fan, except worse, it feels felt like for a long time. Rich in Norfolk said, uh, I'll watch NASCAR, or no, you don't tell me this, because the New York Mets winning the 1986 World Series in the Tidewater Tides were the farm team. Yeah, and again, the Bill Buckner play, I mean, who isn't going to remember that? And, you know, Ray Knight running through and... It's just still like, because you thought it was over and then it wasn't. I mean, that's what's crazy. But that Kyle and Smithfield says, my favorite or not so favorite moment, because I really wanted a, a shot to fall, but was the Gordon Haywood. Yes. And was at Butler, took that half court shot. I snuck uh, my TV on to stay up from school that night to watch the title game. Yeah, against, against Duke. That was a very underrated, great title game. Yep. That was a very, very good game. But yes, I, the Gordon Haywood, if he'd made that, would have been incredible. All right, 757-687-9494. Rich in Norfolk is joining us via the Ballyhoo's guest line. He's got uh, an unforgettable sportsman. What's up, Rich? 
How you doing? Do you remember the time that the Washington Redskins finally beat the Dallas Cowboys in the uh, championship game to get to the Super Bowl, and they were chanting, we want Dallas, we want Dallas. Are you talking about the 82 season when they um, – Yeah. Gibbs is Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, remember the George Allen team, you know, beat them to play the undefeated Dolphins and lost in the Super Bowl. But, yes, that was my wheelhouse. Yeah, so the week before the game when they're chanting, we want Dallas, then they get Dallas. And, of course, the most memorable part of that game, Rich, you probably remember this was Dexter Manley knocking out uh, Danny White, right? And then Gary Hogaboom has to come in the game. And then, of course, it's the Daryl Grant play. Uh, where he picks yep. it off in high steps in the end zone. Yeah, that that was, yeah. to this day, still one of my favorite. And you can watch that on the YouTubes, by the way. Uh, yes, still I one know. of my favorite I, games. I watched it over and over. Yeah, it's still one of my favorite uh, all-time games. I'm with you. That was, that was, you know, as great as the Super Bowl was, that was, you know, to get there and to beat that team was very satisfying, needless to say. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Go Washington, not the Cowgirls. <laughs> All right, Rich, thanks for the call. All right, 757-687-9494. Uh, via the 757, Tiger Woods' 2019 Masters win. All right, this is a good one as well. Um, and again, we'll get one more in before we'll break. Uh, let's go to Jim in Norfolk. We still got a million on the text line to get through. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good. How you doing? Hey, uh, my uh, memorable moment, I remember where I was, was uh, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa chasing uh, 61 home runs. Yeah, and they kept cutting in, remember? Yeah, like every at-bat. Yeah. And and uh, that was uh, a year or two after they had the strike, so, you know, viewership of, of, of baseball was down. Yeah, that's right. So that kind of really brought baseball back. No doubt. That was that was great, and um you know, it's always why it's kind of the weird thing, right? When um, you know they they kind of condemn the steroid era, but yet clearly, <laughs> yeah. Unless you were blind, you knew guys were bigger than they've ever been. Uh, there's something weird here, and then they were just kind of hugging it because they were all making money and it was great. And then you know the fall of like Balco and all the anti-doping world, we're like, oh, okay, I guess we can't like this anymore. Uh, it's an oh, interesting yeah, it time. It was great for the league at the time because everybody yeah. was doing it. Absolutely, then, you know, yeah. Yeah, the pitchers had the opportunity to do it too, and most of them probably were anyway. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, especially the further away we get in time here, I'm like, you know what? Put them in. Just put it on the plaque. Part of the steroid era, you know, was suspected. Whatever you want to do, have you, have you want to table that? Because man, we're getting this hall of very decent right now. Uh, when these guys come up every year, and you're like, oh, that guy's in, really? Okay, mm-hmm. it's not exciting. Oh yeah, yeah, totally agree. All right, hey Jim, thanks for the call, buddy. Good stuff. Um, all right. Seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. All right, I got like thirty texts to still read in the air, so let's do that. Um, we might re rack Brad Biggs in the in the final hour at some point, but uh, coming up next, we'll keep with these uh, great sports moments, memorable, most memorable sports moments of all time, playing off the uh, USA Hockey's miracle on ice moment in nineteen eighty, which was the forty fourth anniversary yesterday. Uh, I've got a lot of good ones coming from you guys in the text line, and again, the Valley Hughes phone line as. Our last two callers did 757-687-9494. You can hit us up there, and that's also the text line. We'll get to it next. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. James Witham, Scott, your sports center.